stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, controversial University of Toronto professor Jordan Peterson uh, on a book tour. I think the book is called 12... And I'll have to go back and check. It's 12 something. Not 12 monkeys, but uh, 12 something anyway. Uh, Jordan Peterson was set to speak next month in Edmonton at the Citadel Theater. Now, by the way, he's set to speak in Calgary. It's not been determined yet where that's going to happen. Uh, But he will be in our city next month. He's going to be speaking somewhere else in Edmonton after the Citadel Theater in Edmonton denied a rental request from Dr. Peterson. Here's uh, Brenton Dreger with our affiliate 630 Chet in Edmonton. University of Toronto professor Jordan Peterson is on tour promoting a new book, and he claims Edmonton's Citadel Theatre cancelled his booking for February 11th without explanation. In a statement, the Citadel says there was no finalized contract, and after reviewing the event, they decided it did not line up with their mandate and values, so they declined his request without even taking a deposit. Peterson is well-known and has gained a large following online for his views on free speech and political correctness and has been outspoken in his decision to avoid using gender-neutral pronouns. Peterson's publicist says Peterson is still planning to be in Edmonton next month to promote his book, and they're looking for a new venue. Brenton Dreger, 630 Ched News. Okay, well, the Citadel Theatre does receive uh, public money. There is taxpayer dollars that go to help fund operations of the Citadel Theater. So it's not quite a public facility. It's not a city-run facility. But it does receive taxpayer dollars. I would think in this instance, it would err on the side of keeping these venues open to as many people as possible and as wide a, a range of views as possible. But I suppose ultimately, strictly speaking, it's their facility and their decision to make. But why this guy? Why deny him an opportunity to speak? What is it that is so concerning about Jordan Peterson? And that's kind of the question. I think now at this point, it becomes more relevant. I mean, if Jordan Peterson's going to speak at the Citadel Theater, it's probably a lot easier to just ignore him. Don't go. Don't make a big deal about it. You're going to cancel his speech. You're going to try to prevent him from speaking. Just calls more attention to him. Now, I want to play you a bit of an interview that uh, Jordan Peterson did this week on Channel 4 News in the United Kingdom. I mean, they invited him on, had him on for a full half hour to talk about a wide range of issues. None of it really seemed overtly controversial. controversial. People may disagree with some of it. But I want to get to this segment because it concerns transgendered individuals. And I think there's a perception that uh, Jordan Peterson is anti-trans or transphobic or whatever word you want to use. And he's given the opportunity to address this head on. And I think he does a good job of it. In fact, leaves the interviewer, Kathy Newman, struggling for words. So if you're hearing about this controversy and you're wondering, well, who is this guy? What's so controversial about this guy? This will give you a good window into the controversy. Let me move on to another debate that's been very controversial for you. Um, And this is, you got in trouble for refusing to call trans men and women by their preferred personal pronouns. No, that's not actually true. I got in trouble because I said I would not follow the compelled speech dictates of the federal and provincial government, I actually never got in trouble for not calling anyone anything. Right. That, that didn't happen. You wouldn't follow the change of law, which was designed not to once it was law. discrimination. No, no. That, well, that's your... what they said it was designed to do. Okay, huh. you cited freedom of speech in that. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's 
right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You know, like you're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Well, I'm, I'm very glad I put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I'm very glad that I have exercised my, my point. Speech. You get my point. It's like you're, you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that you, is what you should do. But uh, you're exercising you see, your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me. And that's fine. I think you, more power to you as far as I'm concerned. Except you haven't sat there and... I'm just trying, I'm just trying to work that out. I mean... Ha, gotcha. You have got me. You have got me. I'm trying to work that through time. my head. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a while. It did. It did. Yeah. It took a while. You have voluntary. You have voluntarily come into the studio and agreed to be questioned. Mm -hmm. A trans person in your class has come to your class and said they want to be called. And that's she. never happened. And I would call them she. So you would. So you've kind of changed your tune on that. No, no, no. I said that right from the beginning. What I said at the beginning was that I was not going to cede the linguistic territory to radical leftists, regardless of whether or not it was put in law. That's what I said. Also, and then the people who came after me said, well, you must be transphobic and you'd mistreat a student in your class. It's like, I never mistreated a student in my class. I'm not transphobic. And that isn't what I said. Well, except you've also called trans campaigners authoritarian, haven't you? I mean, isn't that Well, only in the broader context of my claims that radical leftist ideologues are uh, authoritarian, yes, which they are. You're saying someone who's trying to work out their gender identity, who may well have struggled with that, had quite a no tough time over the years. With it, yeah. You're comparing them with, you know, Chairman Mao, who no, just saw the, the deaths of millions of people. Well, just the even activists. if the activists, you know, they're trans people too, they have a right to say these things. Yeah, but they don't Isn't have a right to speak for their whole community. To compare them to Chairman Mao. You know, I could Pinochet, Augusto Pinochet. I mean, you know, this is grossly insensitive. No, I didn't compare them to Pinochet. Well, I did compare them to He was an authoritarian. He was a right-winger, though. I was comparing them to the left-wing totalitarians. Okay. And I do believe Mao, they are left-wing totalitarians. Under Mao, millions of people died. Right. I mean, there's no comparison between That's... Mao and a trans activist, is there? Why not? Because trans activists aren't killing millions of people? The philosophy that's guiding their utterances is the same philosophy. The consequences are... Not yet. You're saying that trans activists no. could lead to the deaths of millions of people. What no, I'm saying that the philosophy that drives their utterances is the same philosophy that already has driven us to the deaths of millions of people. Okay, tell us how that philosophy is in any way comparable. Sure, that's no problem. The first thing is, is that the philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. And it's the fundamental philosophy of the left-wing activists. It's identity politics. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It matters who you are in terms of your group identity. You're just That's saying things, though, to provoke, aren't you? I mean, you a are bit. a provocateur. I never say anything. You're like anything. the alt-right that you hate to be compared to. You um, want to stir things up. I'm only a provocateur insofar as when I say what I believe to be true, it's provocative. I don't provoke. Maybe for humor. You don't set out Now to and then. I'm not interested in provoking. Okay, so a very interesting exchange there. And I'd sit on the air yesterday, I think it bothered a few people, surprisingly. I'm not necessarily Jordan Peterson's biggest fan. I agree with him on some things, not on others, that's fine. But he comes off looking pretty good there. I mean, he's got some unconventional or controversial views, but is it so beyond the pale that a public facility cannot let him speak about his new book? 
published by a mainstream publisher. He's right there given a, a, a platform and a very high-profile uh, British television news channel. Of course not. So, yeah, it's disappointing from the Citadel Theater that, that they would react this way. And the problem is, is, is always the case when you try to censor someone or something, is it gives it more attention. And you've guaranteed that Jordan Peterson is going to get more attention. So if your goal was to avoid playing into his hands, I, I think it, it's backfired. So as mentioned, Jordan Peterson will still be speaking in Edmonton somewhere, we're told, on February 11th, I think it is, and is going to be here in Calgary either the day before or the day after. Uh, again, unclear where he's going to be speaking in Calgary, but I do understand he's going to be on this radio station uh, during his time in our city. So stay tuned for that. When we come back after 1.30, Barbara Kay from the National Post joins us. We're going to get into the issue of Islamophobia as we approach the one-year anniversary of the mosque massacre in Quebec and coming off the heels of this concocted hijab attack in Toronto. One that did not happen. Where, where, did, where does that leave this, uh, this conversation? What does it tell us about tolerance in Canada? We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.